horror 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 movie? <laughs> what? <laughs> Let's make a movie? I wonder what we'll be like then. Brains in jars, I'm gonna guess. We're a long way for God knows, son. Slowly Coming out of his mouth. Crawling out yeah, of his mouth, distraction cool. skin. Nice. So he doesn't save them, the bridge goes down, people die, and he's like, oh well, job done. Clarence? Can we try to take two again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm saying is maybe don't trust sentient hats to make life-changing decisions. <laughs> but... Thanks for your correspondence, Jacob. <laughs> it's yourself, so. Welcome to Let's Make a Horror Movie podcast. <laughs> Oi, Father Fitzwilliam. Fitzwilliam Fitzgerald. Of course. And with me here today is John. Yeah. Hello, I'm John, and I'm also here with Dave. Hello. Hey, John yeah. and Father Fitzwilliam. <laughs> I mean, Quite a packed house. Busy and, yeah. you know, verging on uh, lockdown inappropriate. Yeah, yeah. Or... When you said virgin, um, the father's eyes went up. <laughs> they really, really got quite a Because of, of Virgin Mary. Now, you know better. You know better, <laughs> boys. You know better to do I, that to me. I thought you were going to say, oh, Virgin Mary. I'm... Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> But he's, uh, I think he's a disgraced, oh, he's gone, he's gone, yeah, he's, uh, I think he's, he's, he calls himself a father, but I don't think he has any of the papers, yeah. do you have to get, you have to get papers, I see. Daddy Fitzwilliam, I guess. Yeah, you can't just go around, I mean, you could go around calling yourself a father, I don't, I don't know. I have never Is there a, like a police for that? Like a Vatican police? The Vatican do have their own private army. The Valleys yes. Vatican police? I think like the Swiss Guard. Yeah, well, we're getting <laughs> off topic. Anyway, um, so. We'll sort this out later. <laughs> This is the Thanks, po- uh, this is the fortnightly podcast where every fortnight one of us, that's myself or John, yep. uh, not Father Fitzwilliam Fitzpatrick. Or, his uh, stories are not suitable. His, <laughs> every episode, one of us will pitch the other one a horror movie idea, stroke story, stroke walkthrough that we would love to see, and then the other one kind of feeds back, yeah. adds on it, talks about it, talks takes it apart, it. puts it back together. Yeah, and that's kind of it. And then we come up with a movie, and then someone pays us loads of money. Yep. And we get really wealthy, and then buy yeah, another we'll, bloody car. And then, and then through trickle down economics, you'll probably get yeah. some somehow. I'm always throwing coins out of my <laughs> out of my car window. The podcast is split into four acts. Yep. The first act drawn is is feedback from the last episode, which was one of yours. Right, yeah, feedback on episode 23's story, The Barber and the Butchers. Yeah, fantastic. Very, um, that's very, very good kind. We'll, we'll get to that. Act two is the John and Dave cultural milieu exactly, of yes. the last two All weeks. the things that we've seen and listened to and read, which is technically seen. Yeah, but, ooh, and, you know, other things, tasted, touched, whatever. Yeah, yeah. All the senses. Yeah, yeah. Criminal. Act, act three, not criminal stuff. Did you say criminal? No, oh, no we could be criminal. Criminal, yeah. <laughs> um, and act Tasted three. Hated some criminal things. Criminal. Anyway, <laughs> act three is the. Oh, father's come back in. Pops over the door. A criminal. Act three is the picture itself. That's the whole. The whole podcast is yep. geared towards the third act. Yep. That's, that's what it's all about. The first, second, and fourth acts. That's just free. This is you're the, getting that. Yeah, for, this is all bonus. sizzle. That's your stake. Yeah. Act one, two, and four are like your two bonus DVDs. Yeah. So you've got your main DVD, yeah. and then wow, there's like two more. They're in very here. much like your starter. They're like your your chips, your drinks, <laughs> your sort of coffee afterwards, your cheese board. Yeah. But that's your meal. That's all why you're ki- here. All kinds of food there. <laughs> chips, cheese board, and a coffee. Yeah. It's just a weird combo. Anyway, look, and the fourth act is like, well, John and I will just knock around some ideas for the names. Yeah. And there'll be more of this kind of shit. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, the sparkling bants. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what we mean. <laughs> Great. So if you haven't been before, welcome. If you have, thanks for coming back. We love you. Pick the things up, put them down, tie those together, mm-hmm. do the things you're supposed to do. But whatever you do, don't touch that. Oh, God, no. Jesus. Do you remember what happened last time you did I that? I do remember. He lost Ooh. his legs. <laughs> yeah. Found Strange, him. He he touched his, his hands as well. <laughs> legs just fell clean off. <laughs> and that's the intro. Yeah, <laughs> the classic scripted intro <laughs> that we do every time. Oh, hello, you'll be here for the first act then. <laughs> Thanks, Father. Yeah, cheers, cheers, Dad. <laughs> Can you call Father? Because same word, right? So it is, it's, it's, very it's not, not yeah. literally the same word, yeah. but you know, you would call, you would call your yeah. father or dad. I mean, you... I have ruined quite a few christenings by doing it, so I'm not sure I've made I'm going to say, it's an area of theology that I haven't really touched on very much. No, I did touch on a lot of areas oh, of theology. Oh, so much of it. Yeah, quite a scholar. But not touching in the same way that other theologians might understand it. <laughs> anyway, look, this is the first act. 
<laughs> the father is not happy. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, as Gron said in the intro, this is the act where we get feedback on yeah. last fortnight's episode. This is your bowl of chips. Ooh, there we go. Yeah, I mean chips as in crisps. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. I don't oh, mean like you can't go around <laughs> switching lingers. I mean, I mean, I'm quite a large man, but I don't have a starter bowl of chips. <laughs> chips is French fries. I mean chips their, in of... the kind of like purely American sense. Yeah, you mean. Chris. Yeah. I do mean Chris, yeah. I'm going to say that we should probably pander to the majority of our audience okay, and try yeah. and use UK-appropriate lingo. Yeah. Swill. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I don't know where we're going with that. No, it's no, been no. a long day, folks. It yeah, has a long, been a very long day. A long day. Long two weeks. Yeah. So, first in the queue, I guess, of feedback, yeah. uh, and possibly last, who knows, but uh, at one. the very least... Ooh, exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, at the very least, first in the queue is North of the Wall Scottish correspondent J Dubs, Mothman Educated. Of course. Okay, missed that missed that out. Okay. Hello, J Dubs. Now, I'm just I've seen the subject line of his email and just before I read it out, I would say I like a good C bomb as much as the next guy. <laughs> so does J Dubs. He really likes it. He really and does. I think he really likes making me read it out. <laughs> so I'm just gonna say you really uh, make, just fair you, warning. You for, made that word sing. I think that's why he likes to do it. Musical. Look, I'm, I'm going to read what's written on the page. It doesn't mean that I endorse it. So it's entitled Enviro Cunts. Okay. <laughs> uh, I think in future episodes, I'll try and maybe minimise the Cs to one every yeah. two episodes, maybe. Earn it. Earn it, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's not, it's, to, it's doesn't, it doesn't have one. quite the same oomph, mm. you know? Yeah. If it's just drop left, right and centre. Anyway. Yeah. You can too much get, of a good thing. Exactly. It says, greetings, Mitch and pals. A couple of key times I've seen John that I'm happy to share. Oh, you recall uh, I said that he had followed you, of course, through very because he was um, one of our best students at the old Creepers Peepers Creepers College. Peepers. Yeah. He says I changed the signals on John's train ride in 2009, avoiding a horrific accident and saving his life. Ah. This, in turn, cost many hundreds of other lesser lives, but kept the path towards <laughs> the beginning of the podcast on course. Thank you very much. And wow. I think the world thanks you as well. It really is a guardian angel. It really is. This morning, I had to throttle a sniper who was waiting for John to return from his daily exercise of skipping through the wheat fields. <laughs> <laughs> Upon interrogation, it turns out that the would-be assassin was uh, was from Bond Bits, a rival uh, podcast yep, to our yep. boys on Bond podcast. We are getting a lot of heat from that. Ah, Bond, yeah, Bond Bits can yeah. do one. <laughs> yeah, fuck Bond Bits. <laughs> <laughs> Bunch of sea bombs. You love to fuck bond bits. Um, he says, "Don't worry, mate." Depends you're... on the bond and the bits. <laughs> well, true. I suppose it could be any bits. Yeah, it could be any bond. I'll tell you what, there's a really delicious piece of footage of our pre-bond Pierce Brosnan doing an intro to a Robin Hood documentary. It's fucking incredible. I think it might be his best work. They're Genuinely brilliant. think it might be his best work. I can't think of anything else of his that I've loved. No, a lot of stuff I've liked. Sure, I think he peaked with. Uh, Dante's Peak. He says, Don't worry, mate. You may have a poor imitation of my name, but I'm looking out for you all the same. Thank you very much. It is appreciated. He says, Regarding subconscious advertising, can you please change your sponsors soon? I've got a lot of ammo here and I'm not sure why. Not even sure I bought it all. <laughs> Regarding the pitch, one of my favourite ones to date and Ooh. certainly felt like one of the most balanced and complete. Well, well done. <laughs> I, uh, I doff my cap too. So. Oh, well done. No glaring need for ideas or improvement, plot or character-wise. Loved the setting, well-painted, and I think the plot was well-developed and felt complete. Some great visual set pieces. Think lots of shots from helicopters with Brahms. B-R-A-A-M-S. Don't they use that for, like, big, um... Bram! I'm sure that's a a shorthand for, like, these trailers that will have a soundscape that's, like... So have, like, a panning shot, and it'll be, like, going... And it'll go bam with like some yes. fucking event kicking All off. of Chris Nolan's films. Right. I've just ruined the sounds by going bam nah. really loud a number of times. You are no Nolan. <laughs> I am no Nolan. <laughs> but then all of his sisters, you know, he doesn't give them any work. Does he really he? doesn't. The Nolan no. sisters yeah. don't get any work anymore I think one in of, any of his films. I think Colleen was in the prestige, but background, <laughs> purely back, like a saucy barmaid, I think. Yeah. Just the one thing about Christopher Nolan, apart from all the other weird rumours that are going around at the moment, yeah. um, is that he won't employ any of the Nolan sisters. Yeah, out of them. Just cut them all off. He's never been on Loose Women. That's right, he has never been on Loose Women. Right, he says, uh, some great visual set pieces, and I really bought into the criminal activities in the pod stacks. Nice to see the older character choice. Yeah. Given the pitch was so complete, I thought I'd turn my thoughts to casting. Not really sure how far past 50 you wanted to go, so I sent a few options for you to chew over. Okay. 
Penelope Wilton and Jonathan Price. He might be a little bit on the old side, frankly, because he's got to be he 70. Is, he's an old, he's an older yeah. man. Yeah. She was in Sean and Dad. She's Sean's mum. Oh, yeah, she's very good. Yeah, she's really good. She's also in Doctor Who. Liam Cunningham and Emma Thompson. Oh, Liam Cunningham is always welcome. Who, give me context. I'm going to know him, but I don't know. He's um Irish actor. He's amazing. Oh, Dog Soldiers. Dog Soldiers, yes. yes. He's the gotcha. Um, gotcha. company-esque man. Yeah, isn't he fucking thingy from the Game of Thrones? He is. He's the Union Knight. The Fingers, that? yeah. Yeah, he's amazing in that. Best it, person in it. He's, uh, he's great in everything he does, actually. Sean Pertwee. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Mate, get a given. <laughs> I think it's really any time we mention another actor's name, it means that it's not Sean Burke. <laughs> that, that's how I've always been working. He played all the nuns in Mission. He played all the nuns, yeah. yeah. Far from like, the lead like, name. Like a Freddie Mercury Clumps scenario. <laughs> Freddie Mercury Clumps. <laughs> all right, I'll take that out. That's coming. Oh, that's wonderful. Freddie Mercury's Clumps coming at you. <laughs> That's, wow. that's one of the oh, I'm sorry that's because that's one of the things that we're advertising subliminally and I've said <laughs> yeah. it out loud but I shouldn't yeah. have clumps on Blu-ray coming soon <laughs> no 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 you're thinking of Eddie Murphy's clumps of course Freddie Mercury's clumps is a whole different thing it's a cereal isn't it's, it it's not even a it's a product you can yeah. buy them and eat them yeah set you up for the day Freddie Mercury's clumps <laughs> full of fibre <laughs> full of fibre and hair <laughs> Full of moustache hair. <laughs> um, Freddie Mercury's clumps. But anyway, he says uh, Sean Pertwee and Helen the Bottom Carter. Ooh, which I think oh, would be fantastic. a cracking double. I like how we genuinely don't know an actor younger than our own age. So we we know a Who lot cares? of these. Who yeah, cares? Barely babies. <sighs> Kids, isn't it? I don't see a fetus so running around. John Boyega's younger than we are. Is he? Oh, yeah, of course, of course he, is. he is. Yeah, of course. He's just in his 20s, <laughs> which at this point is starting to feel like... He's on a little downward curve. <laughs> Emotionally speaking. You know, look, John, just enjoy it because it's... Well, I was going to say it's going to get shit, but it's not for him because he's, he's, he's a massive amazing. Hollywood he's actor, isn't he? Yeah, but for most people, if you're not John Boyega and you're listening to this... <laughs> you're done. <laughs> just do what you do can. The honorable do what thing. Do what you can to just squeeze the most out of it because, yeah. uh, you know... You're not John Boyega. <laughs> so. And that's on you. None of us are, though. That's the sad thing. Yeah. The only only one. Anyway, we're getting off topic. He says, regarding the website, yep. happy to see the output of overwhelming public pressure at, <laughs> uh, with a contributor section appearing so quickly. I'll start a new campaign in a few weeks and soon have that section increased to overwhelm the rest of the site. <laughs> Question to leave you on. Who does the Insta artwork? It's awesome. Worth checking out for audio-only folks. Insta artwork. Oh, it's you. Does that mean me? Does that yeah. does it mean the episodes? Do you mean the episode artwork? Unless your question is, who does the pictures where everybody cries and kids get killed? The answer's always you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to J-Dubs for your feedback. As always, super appreciated. You, you are basically the third host. Yeah, um, thanks, man. So, you know, don't forget that. <laughs> <laughs> You've got responsibility. <laughs> All right, I've got a bit of feedback from Michael. Long time, he does not have, he's got a, If anyone it does go on the website and they look at the contributors' sketches, you can get one of them for yourself just by yeah. doing what Michael's done here. But Michael has a sketch up, and if anyone couldn't tell, it's supposed to be a hand puppeting a torn-off face. <laughs> I got that. You got that? Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, great. <laughs> Dave's pitch needs to be on your sister podcast. Let's make a horror TV series, as there's so much story in areas you could delve into. For instance, I think at the same time as the main story, you could follow the children and maybe one of the butchers. I was picturing the type of world portrayed in Handmaid's Tale, but with pods. That kind of like dystopian, mm. slightly like a skew version of ours. As a film, I think it would be a full-on crank-style guns akimbo to make, a, make the violence a little easier to take. Well played, Dave, and his hatred of social media. <laughs> Cheers, so. Michael. Yeah. yeah. I think that would be a great idea, you know. There's like, a lot there in the world. To allow, allow me the moment of additional self-indulgence yep. on top of the fact <laughs> that we have a podcast. There is loads you could extrapolate out, and there must be so many characters you could look at, not even the ones I touched on, so, like, people that actually don't have a pod. Yeah. People that are in this, yeah. this endless mass. and the, the, I mean, their stories and their fights for survival would just be fucking incredible. <laughs> It could start earlier than the film started and have the sort of disintegration of the middle class. I don't like to draw generalizations, John. <laughs> but all of social media is shit. 
And ultimately, you know, to Michael's point, perhaps there's too much in there. Like, if you were to write a proper script, you probably, you might find, I guess, that I've tried to crowbar too many things in. I'm liking this, yeah, trilogy. Oh, I could do do three films. Yeah, mate, rattle it out. Ridley Scott, probably looking for a new project. I know it's a bit close to Blade Runner, but the content's not really the same. A lot of things are close to Blade Runner. That's true as well, that's true as well. Looking back on it, I sort of thought, I stole from so many different places for it. I, I don't know. I'm I mean, so glad I had the caveat of the, <laughs> this is all a bit contrived. I'm pleased Michael liked it and, and also J-Dabs actually because uh, I, I worked quite hard on that one. No, it was fantastic. Especially because it was like a quite astute stab at social media and stuff like that. Although like those sort of companies tend to be vacuous ethical voids. They don't make people do what they do. No, people exactly. still are cool as they want to be. People, John, as we discussed off podcast, will quite yeah. happily say things like, uh, yeah, day one of 100 days of my favourite albums nominated <laughs> by so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. No explanation. Yeah. So I don't want to see 100 days of fucking anything with no yeah. explanation. Of course. Anything at all. <laughs> 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 Sorry, a just, feeling of a pitch oh, coming. Just, <laughs> God, I hate it. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. God, it's going to be a tricky edit, John. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't envy you. Um, uh, father, if you could. Bless right. your heart. You've arrived in Act 2. I don't know. I don't know, John. I got nothing. I got I nothing mean, to say. To be honest, mate, we had we had Mitch in last I week. I come here he... up the streets <laughs> seeking help, you know. And here you are giving me scripts to say and I things mean, to do. I mean, we have never had such a combative announcer as this. <laughs> I wasn't so ill-prepared for the role, mm. I'll be honest. I mean, Mitch last week, fucking hell, he could have been doing our job. He did well. He did well. He read an old script. And this guy's just come in, basically thrown it back in our faces and fucked off again. Just because yeah. I questioned whether or not there was yeah. some sort of papers he needed to prove he was a, a quote-unquote yeah. father. father. For all we know, he's just got kids somewhere. <laughs> I mean, and an Irish accent. And is dressed appropriately. Technically, he wouldn't be lying. I like didn't say Do his own kids. Mean? He's just got kids just somewhere. Just got kids. Well, I would say technically it would have to be his kids in some respects for him to be a father. But my point is... <laughs> there is now. <laughs> in some respect. Yeah. <laughs> either by hook or by crook. I don't yeah. know. How do you get kids? I don't Ownership know. Ownership is nine tenths of the law. You ask for them or something. I don't know. But my point is, he's technically telling the truth if he just says he's a father. Yeah. It's our mistake that we think he's a holy man. But despite that, he's only been asked to announce the, the different acts. That's true. And already he's been um, surly. Yeah, recalcitrant. Yes, of course. Um, uh, <laughs> if you want to say it easier, <laughs> <laughs> you want a simpler word yeah, for it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway, um, all right. Father, have a sit down, have a wee dram, no, yeah. and then we'll see you back for Act Three. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, he's off. I can see him. He's pulling out a bottle from under his cassock. Cassock. Cassock's a weird name for a thing that you wear. It is. What do you think? It's a weird name for anything, really. But then I suppose it's just because we're not used to it. So yeah. if I said hat, I suppose if yeah, yeah maybe it weird. <laughs> might be weird if you didn't know what a hat was. Yeah, it's true. I think it was a weird name for it. You might what think it'd like? be better be called a dump. <laughs> you know what I mean? Better word for hat. All right, write in. Um, <laughs> let's make a horror movie at gmail.com. Tweet us at lamampod. L M A H M pod. Headwear is it better with hat as a term or dump? Or other. Or something else, or a third option. Yeah. yeah fill in is applicable. Write in, we'll uh, read the answers out next time. Of and course, then, yeah, looking forward to and it. And then change the terminology going forward. <laughs> this is Act 2. Yeah. And in Act 2, we go through relevant cultural things yep. that we've seen, heard, tasted, touched. Heard. I said heard. Oh, okay. Seen, heard, oh, tasted, sorry, touched. Sorry. Is there another one? I feel like there's a fifth sense. There's a fifth sense. Take- yeah, because in the sixth sense he didn't have he didn't have two special ones. <laughs> yeah. Didn't have two additional senses. Yeah. yeah, just one of them wasn't that interesting. You could always find flan. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it doesn't really come up. Yeah, even, yeah. No, no, so one it anymore. So irrelevant. Exactly. It's an old-fashioned. He's dish. like he, he would say, "If there's flan around, I could tell you." Yeah, but I, what I can tell you is there isn't any around. But the kid's like oh, seven, right. barely even knows what flan is. <laughs> yeah, it just has got a tingling. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't know what it is. I'm picturing something like a pie, but not a pie. What he needs is like a Scatman Crothers to be like, <laughs> you got the flan. <laughs> we called it the flan. 
Um, the culture. Yeah. So um, I. <laughs> what have I been doing? Uh, oh yeah, I, I haven't. No, I've been doing fuck all. So um, it's gonna be it's gonna be down. <laughs> it's gonna be down to you again, John. I just want to say one quick thing. I'm rewatching Avengers Endgame. Uh, it's something I have done this week. Nice. And it occurred to me that they very, very, very readily accept Hawkeye back into their mix. They do. After five years mm. in which he's fairly ceaselessly slaughtered yeah. people, right? Like a serial killer. And by killer. their own, like a serial yeah. killer, but arguably a really, really bad one, like yeah. a really nasty one. Really by, like, bad one, real yeah. high hit rate. With really old-fashioned weapons. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because, I mean, if, I don't know a lot about weapons, but, no, but arrows don't kill straight away. No, right. They bleed exactly. out. Or swords, as a yeah. rule, unless you, like, smash them through someone's Look, heart or throat. But Arrows are barbed for a reason. Yeah. So here's the thing, like, it's like a five-year period. This guy's... Mm. He's gone insane. Yeah, he isn't like, and the thing is, they send in Scarlett Johansson, and she's like, "Oh, you know, uh, you probably shouldn't be doing all this." Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Oh, I'm grumpy." Yeah, and she's like, "Well, there's a chance that you might have to get your wife and kids back." Yeah. Now that's where it cracked for me because yeah. I was just like, "Hang on, hang on, he's fucked." You don't yeah. want to put his kids back with that guy. He's a fucking yeah. psycho. Yeah. As far as we know, he probably fucking kill him and fuck the yeah. corpses he's that kind of like <laughs> loose cannon yeah. but who knows what he's been doing in amongst all the cadavers that he's been building up yeah. over the last five years for god's sake i mean even don cheeto's like man you should see the nasty shit he's done yeah. to the federales it's here in mexico it is unspeakably <laughs> bad yeah that's the kind of guy yeah. right that he is and by their own admission he's killing people that shouldn't necessarily be killed yeah but then they're like oh we, can, we need him but You don't need him back. He doesn't have any fucking superpowers doesn't, for a start. He doesn't have many powers that aren't even super. Like, he's, he's, and, he's well, not his an His only expert. superpower is looking the most like a pug out of all the Avengers. <laughs> right? That's Hawkeye's main superpower. Yeah. Pug looking. Yeah, that's his first one. That's tick. He's got that. <laughs> And to be fair, if, if you look at the lineup, not a lot of like competition. So I don't even know if he's the best pug looking man out there. It's just the best pug looking man in the room. I think a lot of his work yeah. was setting him up for something to do with crufts um, <laughs> further crufts. down the line. Yeah. Anyway, look, I don't know, I'm getting off topic, but the point, the point is, <laughs> like, Ultra, it's fucking insane what they do in Endgame, and no one ever talks about it. Yeah. It's totally glossed over, and he's instantly redeemed yeah. the second he just decides to stop five years of murder. he does seem fine very quickly. He's though. literally just dropped a guy when yeah. this happens as well. It's not yeah. like he's sat in a pub, mm. you're reflecting on it, and he's like, God, you know, I, I've really been bad. He's literally wiping the blood off his sword yeah. on the sleeve of his thing while he's having the conversation. And, then, and then it's like shower and a haircut back on side. <sighs> who, who even wanted Hawkeye? Where are the focus groups? <laughs> the, I don't want to hold them to account because out of all the MCU, yeah. you pick the one that has like the least interesting super... He yeah. doesn't have any fucking powers. I, I can he's imagine... Good at he's basically Robin Hood. <laughs> In that focus group, the camera will pan and see one man dressed as a bard and then he's the one who's like, we've got to have an archer in there. Yeah. I was there to fuck about that. <laughs> right. With a loot in his hand. The best thing that Hawkeye did for the MCU was force the writers to come up with increasingly convoluted gymnastics to make him not only relevant, but mm. stay alive in the yeah. whole fucking shenanigans. Yeah. Anyway, there you go. That's what's been bothering me for the last two weeks. <laughs> John, any actual horror stuff that's um, um, good to talk about for the podcast? I read Born. Born. That's Unbelievable. Jeff Andermere again smashes it. He's amazing. I won't give anything away because it's, it's hard to describe as it is. If you haven't read it, it's hard to describe. Cool. What you what you could say it's um a sort of it's a sort of dystopian yeah, future. A dystopian biotech ruined world. Very surreal, but yet at the same time emotionally really grounded. Absolutely fantastic. It's book, amazing. Yeah. Uh, perfect, I would say. And if anyone's gonna pick it up based on that recommendation, there is a short story that precedes it in the third bear, mm-hmm. which is a book of short stories by Jeff Vandermeer. Which I've also purchased. Mm-hmm. He's also got a sequel called The Astronauts and a short story called Strange Bird. There's a whole you can find this it's all out. It's a whole to do. Yeah, we're not here to hold your hand for all of it. Just get born. So there's that. I watched some um, Hagazooza, The Heathen's Curse, Art House Horror. Good name, Hagazooza. Yes, it's excellent. It's a lot of movie. Here we go, folks. <laughs> yeah. I'm on bated breath waiting to see what comes next. <laughs> it's terrible. So it's got nine out of ten. <laughs> I didn't think a lot to it. My wife fell asleep. It had some flashes of genuine genius. Your wife falling asleep is, is not a great sign. It's a damning thing, but she doesn't like witches. 
stuff set in the olden times or weird stuff and all of this is is is, is all of those things I mean, it sounds good on 15th those, century on those, obviously yeah. dude, that's right on my alley man yeah mate you would i mean there's there's a lot to like in there but it's slow burn is it's slower than you imagine with a slow burn <laughs> Okay, um, and yeah. it's very it's, it's very much like an art house horror sure it does have its merits what else did I watch oh what's not ha- gonna give it a score then or? oh Hagazooza oh fuck I'd give it a 5 or 6 <laughs> 5 out of 6 no it's a oh right 5, five or, or six. 6 I was gonna say I'd probably say a 5 if I'm honest but That's... the soundtrack was incredible and the lead performance is award worthy uh, is it uh, western it's uh, German German yeah cool um, also watched a 2009 film called House of the Devil another slow burn fantastic film lovely payoff I would recommend oh do you know what I did watch uh, just because it was on TV and in spite of me having said in the previous podcasts that I don't watch horror movies on my own that is demonstrably yeah. not true yeah <laughs> it's all falling apart <laughs> house of cards now I, I, Insidious 4 oh so I've, seen seen, I've seen the first uh, definitely the first one I think maybe the second one they have touches that I like I, I don't particularly love those movies but I just thought it was interesting because Insidious 4 Given what I was saying last week about how rare it is to see horror films with protagonists that are yeah in more advanced yeah. years, silver horror. The protagonist, pretty much in Insidious Four, is the sort of psychic lady. If you haven't seen any, it won't mean anything to you. But she's in it's like a sixties. I know you mean sixties, basically. I mean, they do very much hang a lot of other young blonde women off her, but nonetheless, <laughs> um, a bit like Bookaroo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I quite enjoyed it, but I it wasn't. I think it was scary. What's your score? So it's like a huh. What's your score? Oh fuck! I don't score them, but oh, I don't know. I'd have to probably give it a no, six because mm. it, it didn't have the scares. You no, know, it didn't have the scares. No, no. There was nothing wrong with it. The thing is, they created a world with Insidious yeah. that doesn't give them huge. Where they haven't found out yeah. where else they can go with it. Either that, or it doesn't give them the option. Yeah, yeah. And it's not a bad world. It's quite a cool idea. Well, that's culture. Father, you got one more go at this, mate. You got one more go. <laughs> we ain't bringing you back for four if you can't do three. Please, Mary, draws mother of God. It's at three. <laughs> no, well done. <laughs> I don't think we'll be having much more of Father Fitzwilliam Fitzgerald. I mean, he's no Mitch. First of all, I because I can't remember his first and second name accurately every time. Yeah. It means I'm probably unlikely to be able to get hold of him again. Well, when he said it, he seemed like he wasn't sure. He seemed. He was I, looking around the room. I'm beginning to think the whole yeah. thing was a confidence trick. He's a real Kaiser Soze. Yeah. Because I've actually got a mug with Fitzpatrick on it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nonetheless, he's gone. Thank We're you. in the third act. Thank you for your work. As we all know, this is the uh, the meat and yep. two veg of the podcast. Or your equivalent other... It's your main meal. Euphemism. Yeah. You're sitting in your seat, you hear the, the, the kitchen door open, and a kind of sizzling sound as they come to your table. Mm. You think, oh, I'm ready. I'm ready for this. Yeah. I've had, I've had my chips. You think of that, but... I've had my moose Yeah, booth. What, what's... Going back to your analogy at the beginning, what's this now? The cheese board? No, no, this is the main meal. This is the main this meal. This is the main. Did you even include that in the list at the beginning? The beginning list yeah, was sure like... You said like chips, cheese board, then coffee. Yeah, that's your act... One, two, and four. Right, and so three is your main meal. Yeah, exactly. God, I am slow. <laughs> I am slow. I yeah, think that was a robust way of looking at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's on me, John. It's on yeah. me. I failed. Yeah. Anyway, uh, nothing about my failures. This is a, a John week. This it is, is. This is yes, your this pitch. Is my do one. you want to give us any caveats? You want yes. To give us an intro. Tell us all about it. Oh God. Okay. So the caveat is, I don't know what. I'm really reluctant because I've got a title for it, which I wrote first. I also think with this well, you one... you wrote the title first. I did write the title So you literally first. were like, here's the title, now I'm going to write the this film make That makes sense. Cool. And I kind of think an audience watching the movie would know the title. I'm going to say, if anyone listening wants John to do that with one of their titles, please write in, send us yeah. a title, challenge John... Yeah, give me, give me to, some to words. ...to write a horror movie idea based on um, a title. I would love that. I genuinely would. I really would like that. I mean... Bodkin's nothing... fuckface. <laughs> Got, got something already. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to change the name, yeah. obviously, for HB Bodkin's Blank Face. That's like oh, Star, Star, oh, yeah, Star, Star. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just just a verbal shorthand for Star, 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 Star. All right, we're not all in the media. <laughs> so I'm not sure I should tell you the title of this or not. I will read it out, Sans title. I want to say the title and I'll let Dave make a decision based upon the editing process. So that's caveat one. One other quick caveat is that 
in my head there's a lot more characters so hang on first caveat was that it's got a title it's got a title it's not really a caveat so next a description of normal fiction yeah next on the list um, is that I've slimmed down an idea to make it readable in this podcast but there would be a lot more characters cool on that note then we start in chaos as an old man is rushed into a hospital with blood spilling from a wound in his stomach all around him paramedics and doctors rush to stabilise his condition they move through double doors, taking a noise and activity with them. All that remains are dark pools of blood on the tiled floor. The title would smash onto the screen at this point, but I'll leave that. 70s style, you know what I mean? Straight on there. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah that's, that, that's what's going on Disconcerting here. Disconcerting soundtrack. Oh, completely. Like it's a really odd tone. A real like, bram. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we both went similar places We did, that. we did. Yeah. A surgeon urgently demands to know the details of the patient before she begins operating. Paramedic tells her that he is an elderly, unidentified male who is found staggering outside hospital with a large amount of blood spilling from its abdomen. So far, no one has had a chance to properly see the wound. The surgeon asks why, and is told that it seems to be an almost endless amount of blood, and the paramedic nervously goes on to say that they did not get a chance, nor the panic, to properly sort of like see what's going on there. Right. Just bleeding constantly. Good way to build up to a reveal. Love it. Exactly. So the paramedic seems shaken, but does not elaborate further. Time is pressing. So she enters the operating room and she's announced as Dr. Tretter. So she comes in, Dr. Tretter's now in theatre. Yeah. So that's how, that's how you know who she is. And the name tag. Uh, Dr. Tretter, we've needed you. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I'm here now, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why it's set yeah, it's Downtown Abbey. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, this is just 18th century England. <laughs> it's all fizzing drinkly to me. Uh, Gate, she's calm despite the still bleeding man on her operating table and the panic surrounding her. So everybody's fucking don't know what's going on. And she's quite a calm presence in the theatre. Gotta be paramedic. Wait, wait, wait. Is this the doctor or the paramedic? This is a surgeon. This is a surgeon. So she's like fucking. Notorious. Old Billy Big Boy. She's like. Of course, she can't have a shaky surgeon. I've always said that. (laughs) Another doctor and a couple of nurses are trying to staunch the bleeding. They're doing so with touching the patient as little as possible. The other doctor looks up at Tretter with red, tear-filled eyes as plead for help. Everywhere there are soaked crimson bandages and dressings that try in vain to stop the bleeding. Tretter pours water over the wound, so from like a little squib. Gotcha, like, yeah, like trying to clear the blood away to exactly. see what's going on. But his face is a gaping black tear running from the man's side all the way to the centre of his stomach. She exclaims that someone has attempted to disembowel the poor man as more blood pours from the wound, obscuring it once again. God. Immediately, she gives orders for the, one of the nurses to pour continuous water over the area and for the other attending doctor to begin to try and clamp the larger blood vessels and arteries, as she will try and cauterize the wound as best she can. So, they do like a laser to cauterize. Got it. Um, yeah. to do taking, she's taking control. She knows what she's doing. Yeah. She, she knows this the way is her, around This is her playground. Man. She's fucking yeah. big boy Barry. Play ball. <laughs> um. <laughs> I don't know if anyone else used to watch Games World in the 1990s on Sky One, but um, that's what that reference was. Genuinely. Don't know where it came from. It just came out of my head and my, my own brain went, Big Boy Barry? What the fuck is that from? And then, and then it answered itself and went, Games World from the 90s. Do you know what? I think on a Venn diagram of Games World in this podcast, there would actually be quite a large crossover. I genuinely <laughs> well, let's mean hope it. so. And on that note, before we move on, Big Boy Barry's sidekick was David Williams. Ah, genuinely, I didn't know that. There you go. Look that's it quite up. interesting. Look it up. Um, <laughs> we'll leave that Sorry, there. leave that there. Yeah. yeah. They work tirelessly and frantically as the blood begins to spill over the edge of the table and lap at their shoes. So, this is a fuck ton of blood at this point, more than they're used to dealing with. When we say lapping at the shoes, are we implying that then the whole floor is in a sea well, no, of blood? No, it's sort of like dribbling over the, over like right, the metal oh, yeah, of the table yeah. and it's okay. just sort of like splashing out. Onto exactly. Yeah. yeah, got it. Eventually, the work is complete and they stand back exhausted. Tretter asks. On the state of the man, and a shaken nurse responds that he is fine, and his heart rate barely went over normal resting rate. The other doctor adds that no one should be able to bleed that much, let alone survive this kind of injury at his age. Tretter looks silently at the old man, who looks more as if he's sleeping than if he'd almost been gutted. Mm. So it's all a bit fucking yeah, yeah. weird. It's not adding point. up. Very sketchy Two and two stuff. is bringing up three. Exactly. We're all scratching our heads. <laughs> yeah, we're all over Tretter, looking pensively. <laughs> The old man, who's been dubbed Mephusela by the staff as he's seemingly unable to die, is put into a private bed as Tretter speaks to a couple of police officers about who this man really is. They only have no idea there was nothing on his person when he was found outside. So far, his, his prints and description have not led to any information at all, so I've no idea. Let's John see Doe. Me. It's a John Doe situation. A young nurse, Josh, attends the old man. The patient... I see John Bodega would be very good in this. 
Boyega. Boyega. I mean, I'd, Bodega is different. Bodega, I, I prefer him, but Boyega is. John, Bo- John Bodega is the affordable. Yeah. We could probably get John Bodega. We yeah. couldn't get John Boyega. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, either of the Johns basically <laughs> would be perfect for this one. Well, role. that's. How Kelsey Priest, right? John, <laughs> hey? I mean, this seems like positive discrimination, if anything. John yeah, basically no, hiring other Johns. Yeah, everyone in it is a John. And at this point, no one's no one's making the connection <laughs> between, between that. So the patient seems to be sleeping peacefully, but just touching the man makes the nurse clearly uncomfortable. He tells himself to get his, his head in the game and do his job. So he's kind of like mutters this under his breath, like, fucking do your job, yeah, man. Yeah, Stop being so reticent to do this. He begins to carefully check the dressing over the man's stomach. All seems alright, but the old man's white skin somehow leaves what looks like ash on a nurse's fingers, as if the old man is coated in it, but he clearly isn't. Josh rubs his fingers, trying to remove the ash, but as soon as it starts to smoulder and kind of creeps more over his hands. Oh no! He then rushes to the sink and scrubs furiously. He begins to call for help. It's not going to work, John. No, nah, John, John. If I know know horror. Yeah. (laughs) He begins to call for help as he tries to wash the spreading corruption off himself. Soon another couple of attendants burst into the room and try and calm him down. All they see is Josh washing his sore and red hands under a steaming hot tap. Uh, they cannot see any of the ash or burning that Josh can. Eventually they get through to him and lead him to a nearby staff room where he sits silently watching his own hands cook under the burning ash that no one else can see. Behind him, the other surgeon from the operating theatre, so not Tretter, stares blankly out of the window. So just over out, of, just on the edge of the shop, yeah, yeah. you see the doctor just staring, just with no idea what's going on around him. Disconcerting, unnerving. It's just a load of weird shit at yeah, this yeah, point. Yeah. We cut back to Methuselah. <laughs> Fucking hell. Guys, I've got a very slight stutter. It's all right. I'll, I'll, are difficult. I tried to find another biblical name without an M at the beginning <laughs> of it, and it never, none of them worked for this. <laughs> so blame the Bible, guys. Yeah. Fuck me, again. <laughs> um, we cut back to Methuselah who lays sleeping as the monitor begins and beeps a gentle rhythm. As the view pulls back, we see Dr. Tretter stand pensively in the doorway. After a few moments, she tells the head nurse of the sort of floor not to let any of the staff members touch the patient and request the police officer stay overnight, or at least until the identity of the man is resolved. The two police officers who are present uh, were just completing their own paperwork on the patient and were just about to leave. The younger officer, Officer Ty, is told by his partner to hang back and watch over the old man to his obvious and un- resigned annoyance. He's like, about to knock off. Nobody wants that. And he's like, mate, you're the young one. You fucking stay mm. here. And he's like, oh, come on, chief. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> Boil. <please. laughs> Sorry, that's... Classic uh... police banter. Uh, we move to a middle-aged porter, Clive, moving along the same floor as the old man doing his rounds. So there's going to be a few bits this where we move from person to person. Love the as, Clive. Love, love. As it all spreads. As he, you know what? Pertwee could be all right for this. A little bit typecast, but <laughs> he could do it. There's no question about that. He's running behind. He's had to clear up so much blood. So he's been clearing up the blood in the, in the kind of corridor, basically. His cart is full of containers containing the blooded rags. He moves from room to room, joking with the staff and being friendly to the public. He's a nice guy. It's not going to end well for Clive. <laughs> it Again, is classic red flag. Yeah. Oh, people like him, dead. Yeah, oh no, if I write somebody likeable, they will get the worst of it. <laughs> Can't fucking To you, them. that's like the biggest crime. Oh, red flag to a bull, mate. <laughs> Thing is, that fucking easy to be likeable. Jesus. Anyway. <laughs> you lucky, lucky bastard. He moves from room to room, joking with staff, blah, 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 blah. He moves past the staff room and sees Josh sitting silently in the corner, staring at his hands, which appear fine, if not, not a little red. And slightly sore. Tears trickle down a young nurse's face. Clive calls out to Josh but gets no response at all. So he shakes his head in sympathy and just moves on. He's tried his best, but he's like, better minds making deal with this. I'm just trying to call out to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he enters an adjoining adjoining storeroom to pick up some supplies when he hears like a shriek, like a scream, which makes him drop all his stuff. It's like pads and stuff, you know what I mean? Like tissues and shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. Stuff. <laughs> Yeah, so nothing's broken, nothing breaking, no <laughs> glass. Yeah, no, it's not test tubes. Yeah, yeah no, like crockery. It's just <laughs> paper towels and yeah, yeah. So he drops all his stuff, he rushes out to the corridor, but everything is relatively calm as it is late in hospital and no one seems to have heard the scream. Clive hears it again as he's talking to the head nurse, so a little bit of time passes, a couple of right. minutes. Yeah. And he hears the scream again, it makes him jump and look around fearfully. Again, no one else hears this. He demands to know if anybody can hear that somebody clearly needs help so he's like someone did a job someone's clearly in pain here the nurse sympathetically says that everybody who needs help is getting it but no one is screaming 
Another younger doctor jokes that maybe Clive wants to join Joss in a break room to share some biscuits and psychosis. Oh, God. The comparison to Joss causes Clive to nervously laugh it off and continue his rounds. As he walks away, the screams start again in earnest as he walks the same route as before. He's deafened by the cacophony of unseen wailing voices. He pushes his cart with white knuckles and sweat runs down his face as he tries his best to ignore the noise. So Clive's having a rough go already. He's like mm. fucking like, he's worried about himself. The head nurse, Daphne, who he was talking to. Daphne. Yeah. Good. First time yeah. for the podcast. Yeah. We'll yeah. take it. Ring the bell. Take <laughs> ming, 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 ming. <laughs> Daphne. Daphne. <laughs> <laughs> I think that should be a thing. Yeah, Every is... new name gets a Scooby. Yeah. <laughs> gets a s- Scoob. This would be quite a good backdoor pilot to a new Scoob. <laughs> the head nurse, Daphne, watches Clive with a concerned look. Because he's obviously looking a bit pale, a little bit green around the gills. She asks a nearby doctor if he looks alright. The doctor replies that he's probably just a little bit shaken and tells Daphne that the other doctor, present in the operating theatre earlier, told him that Methuselah bled all over the theatre. Clearing up that kind of mess is going to fuck up anyone's day he says. Not quite convinced, Daphne moves to check on the wards under her care. So it's just, he's just like, like it's been a tough night. Mm. She's like, well, maybe that's all it is. They're on like surgery wards. Daphne's so every, every on we're, we're, We, we yeah. know, we're all nodding along exactly. with Daphne, going, Daphne, yeah. you're on the She's right always tracks. been the smart one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She takes a quick tour of a couple of wards of various specialist patients recovering from surgery, one of which is a cancer care ward. She exchanges a few pleasantries with some of the more alert patients as she checks in on them. By the end of the round, she finds herself really exhausted, more so than she expects. But then the hour is getting late, so it's really getting quite late, uh, like almost like 12 o'clock at this point. Yeah. A.M. Hospitals don't stop, man. No, mate. They or don't. the good ones, anyway. <laughs> yeah, those those nine to five as well. <laughs> yeah, the ones that just turn everything yeah. off at five, yeah. Don't, <laughs> well, you don't want to land in one of those. Oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> so she retires to the staff room. In the corners, Josh still sits silently, Seemingly unaware of Daphne's company, she makes a hot drink for them both and sets Joss's next to him. She lightly touches his shoulder to let him know, but he recoils from her and looks at her for the first time. His eyes are bloodshot and panicked like a wounded animal. He falls from the chair to get away from her, demanding that she gets away from him or she'll start burning as well. He crawls backwards into the corner as a surprised Daphne tries to calm him. A couple of other members of staff rush in to see what's happened because they can hear the chair falling over and stuff. And they attempt to coax Josh from the corner, but he's deaf to their pleas. They agree they need to be properly checked out as something is clearly wrong. So it's not just like fatigue or anything else. Yeah, now. Yeah, it's yeah. You get a bit more worrying now. They begin to discuss whether he's taken something to cause such a strange reaction. Behind them, watching from the doorway, a new character, a middle-aged, smartly dressed woman, stands silently with a smirk on her face. Daphne spots her first and asks what she wants, a tone shorter than maybe she intends. Because obviously it's quite a personal situation yep. going on. She's like, who the fuck are you? Yeah. The woman replies that she's come to visit her elderly uncle. And she's heard he was found outside. Hearing this, everybody turns around. Because everyone's mm. like, whoa, hang on, this is... Yeah. The plot Methuselah's mum. No, oh, Methuselah's uh, niece. Yes, Methuselah's niece. MN. So we cut again to both Tretta and Nurse Daphne sat in a private That's waiting actually... room. <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt. So I wouldn't normally do this. It's just that I like... When I, when I have a little, like, a little bit of fact... It's important. Like a little yeah, yeah. fact nugget. Yeah. Tracy Emin's surname originally was... Uh, Methuselah's niece <laughs> and then she shortened to Tracy Emin that makes total sense yeah yeah because um, <laughs> it's it's I think, know, I mean, kind of just got a lot of stigma I think has, Methuselah yeah. especially yeah yeah um, and you know and she wanted to work without using the family name yeah exactly so, yeah. exactly similar things sense. happen all throughout history yeah. so yeah there you go Tra- yeah, yeah. Who, who knew Tracy yeah, Methuselah's yeah. niece not just um, chuckles guys sometimes it's just facts it's you a learning it show so it learning is, show, I think yeah. we covered that one on big questions. I think we <laughs> Both Tretta and Nurse Daphne are sat in the, in the private waiting room, in a private waiting room, asking the middle-aged woman questions. She gives her name as Lily, only Lily. She gets vague, unhelpful responses as both hospital staff get obviously more annoyed by her smirking and unhelpful attitude. Lily says she would just love to see her uncle now. Eventually they agree, if, but only if they actually kind of come with her. Because she's given very little. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I'm Keep Lily, an eye on her. I'm here to see my uncle. That's it. And none, she's of this, none of this is adding up. They move towards the private suite. Jonas Lily hears a young nurse refer to her uncle as Methuselah, which makes her laugh cheerfully. Oh, the old fucker would love that, she says, sort of laughing to herself. Yeah, yeah. They enter the room with a sleeping old man, and Lily looks around, still smiling. Well, he's certainly putting up well. No doubt about that, still smiling, she says. Don't expect any thanks from this bastard, though. He's not exactly the grateful type. Lily sits herself down next to her uncle. Tretta asks forcefully, 
What is his name? We really do need to know, if only for his own sake. Trying to appeal to her one last time. Lily stops smiling for a moment and she thinks, well, he's had a few names over the years, to be honest, but Methuselah is as good as any. It is suitably old. Again, she laughs cheerfully at the two women, much to their obvious annoyance. Tressa goes to reply angrily, but Daphne stops her and says they should give Lily a few minutes with her uncle, but they'll be back soon. Lily kicks off her shoes and makes herself comfortable. As they leave the room, Dr. Tressa is clearly furious. She makes clear that she does not like Lily at all, and they'll get answers soon enough. He tells the station police officers to inform her if Lily goes to leave. With this, she storms off, leaving Daphne standing in the corridor. She says to herself she didn't even ask what happened to her uncle. In the cafeteria, so again we cut again, a small group of staff have moved Josh to a seat and are trying to persuade him to eat or drink something. He sits there shaking, his hands held out in front of him. Through his eyes, they look charred and ruined. Behind them, Clive is nursing a cup of coffee, his face pale and soaked with sweat. Into this, one of the cancer patients on the ward before walks in, putting an IV behind them. They carefully walk across the cafeteria, the metal stands squeaking as they do, but anybody even gives them a glance at first. As they come across the room, one of the nurses with, jo- with Josh looks up and exclaims they should be in bed as it's late. Because obviously these are all like post-surgery kind of cancer mm. patients, so they're not going to be sprightly. So he's like, sorry, you've got to go back to bed, you've got to get your rest in. patient turns to them and goes to speak, but a dark lump of bile and old blood falls from their mouth like a stillborn calf. Ugh. It falls to the floor, <laughs> <laughs> falls to the floor, and the patient falls to their knees. Their weak and skinny legs hit the floor with a sickening crunch. So they're just kind of like just collapse hard and bad. They go to scream, but more thick fluid comes from their throats. The cafeteria erupts in noise and panic as everybody rushes to help because there's not many. There's not much public there now. It's no, it's staff after and, hours. Exactly. Yeah. The patient falls further into a choking mess as they feebly try to assist. As they do, Clive stands up hard, knocking over his drink. Stop this damned fucking screaming. How is anybody meant to think in this fucking place? He rushes over to the shocked nurses and smashes them out of the way as he goes to throttle the dying patient because he's just sick of the noise. Right. All the while, he just keeps saying, they all need to stop and be silent. Everybody just needs to silent, even if it means they would die. We cut again to Officer Ty as he's called from his post and rushed to the cafeteria to help. Josh calmly slips away in the chaos. Tretta in her office hears a commotion and runs to see. Lily sits calmly by the old man and she says, you haven't met a single good Samaritan you haven't wanted to dirty your hands on, have you? The patient dies right down the floor in a dark pool of themselves, their body broken and dragged by Clive's attack. So he's just kind of fighting health and goes his hands around the throat and actually nice. pull him off and they're already broken patients just being ragdolled and just it's not nice no god no. you could probably do that where you don't see a lot of that you just come back in and the chaos is just gone full clive fights with officer ty forcing young policemen to subdue him and handcuff him to a rail as he calls it in so he just basically just fucking nightstick out bashes yeah. him down just tries to get him to calm the fuck down one of the nurses if it's uk it would be an asp it would not a nightstick it would the asp is a cool weapon too. It's very cool. Yeah, it would be an asp. Probably an asp. If somebody said, right, yeah. you're going out, you've got a choice of a nightstick or an asp, what are you taking? I'd take the asp because you it's asp telescopic. It's, just, it's more convenient. It's all the convenience yeah. of a nightstick, but in something the size of a phone. A little bit of the more, so a bit more advertising there. Uh, pick up asps from Lockheed Martin. No, I don't know. <laughs> Actually, don't, uh, because that's... Uh, <laughs> They're an American company, and yeah, yeah, if you yeah, want to yeah. buy British, there's probably a British weapons manufacturer. There's loads of them, I'm sure. You'd be paying for the cost of the loan just in the fucking shipping <laughs> That's what you've got to look out for. That's how they get you. So basically, he kind of asps him, and then cable ties him to the rail. Gotcha. Classic British policeman well, sale. <laughs> um, <laughs> so then during all this chaos, a member of the public, one of the few that are there, runs in screaming that a nurse seems to have hurt themselves. So Tretta's already running towards the sort of the cafeteria, hears that, and then skids and then turns to run down another corridor. She sees Joss walking calmly as he strips his hands and wrists of their flesh. Uh, He's hit the, wall, hit the floor like stripped with wallpaper. What? With what? What's he stripping them with? A metal tool loudly scrapes against the bone before, before bloodlust and shock finally stops him. The onlookers are all frozen in shock. So there's a couple of bits of research I did here of how to deal with third degree burns is that they do scrape the top layer of cooked skin off. <laughs> and he's using that. Tretta orders the staff to clear this up and see to Josh's wounds. She tells Daphne to check on the other wards right now as a patient in the cafeteria was only just out of surgery this morning and should not have been walking around 
in any way. Yeah. Like physically or mentally, he shouldn't have been able to do that. And hasn't been anywhere near Methuselah Exactly. Either. He's just been that. So that, that yeah. seems impossible. She's like, check on the wards as well. Um, one of the orderlies runs to the nearby supply room and finds the other doctor from the surgery, the one who's standing out the window, lying slumped in the corner. He's brutally cut and repeatedly slashed his own throat with a scalpel. His face stuck in a broad and relieved grin. Mm. So right now, shit is kicking off everywhere. Yeah, love it. Love um, it. People are losing their minds. So we cut again. Lily picks up her coat and slips on her shoes. Look, take them if you're gonna. You always spend too much time on the setup, too bloody theatrical for your own good. Let's just get it done and we can go. The old man smiles in his sleep. Daphne walks into the cancer ward first and the lights are flickering overhead. All the patients are quietly moaning in their beds and writhing. She gets to the first one and sees dark wet stains over the bedsheets and as the patient's bodies rupture and break under their gowns and linen. Oh my god. With a trembling hand, she goes to pull back the sheet but the patient bucks and falls to the floor, their body contorted by tumours and wounds that had not been there barely an hour ago. She runs from the room in horror. She goes to the next ward across the way where similar moaning noises come from within and she hears shuffling movement behind the double doors. Shouting over her shoulder, she calls for help. But obviously right now, everyone's rushing in yeah. all direction. The young doctor from before um, and another nurse join her as he enters the ward. We are faced with several patients whose surgical wounds have burst and twisted to form grotesque injuries. The shambling patients move towards the staff with skin flapping open and organs trailing behind them. Their faces are pale masks of shock as if they cannot believe the state they're in themselves. The doctor goes ahead but is swarmed by them as they pull at his face and coat, moaning for help. So they aren't like attacking him. They're not like zombies, but they're just like, they can't believe the pain they're in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He falls to the floor as their sickly hangs engulf his face. The nurse goes to aid, but Daphne finds herself overwhelmed with fear and runs from the ward. She runs out to the flickering lights overhead. The staff are running throughout hospital floor, responding to various acts of violence and horror. It now seems like all the surgical wards feature similar horrific scenes. Clive stumbles along the corridor. His hands are shattered and is bloody at his side. Clearly he's torn them to pieces and getting free from the handcuffs in the cafeteria. Using supplies from the utilities closet, he douses his ruined hands in liquid and sets them alight. He rants how everybody can now hear the screaming like he can. Wow. Um, this is where I think you would have had more Clives, more Joshes, more people who've experienced their own sure. personal their own Their own little yeah. stories being told. And then told. it all culminate yep. in this madness that's happening. Yep. Lily gets her bag and chugs on her coat. Listen, I'll be out front. Just wrap this up quickly, please. We see that the old man is now sitting up with his back to us. We follow Lily as she calmly walks through the hospital floor towards the escalator. Along the way, the young doctor stumbles in front of her, the one from the ward a minute ago. His face is scratched and bloodied and his clothing is streaked with blood and bile. It's just horrible stains all over him. He lunges for her as she enters the lift. Please, God, help me. Get help, please. What the fuck is happening? Lily looks at him with genuine pity in her eyes. Oh dear, there's no help coming. Particularly not from the old prick upstairs. Not after what you all did tonight. The doctor responds with a confused look as she gently but firmly pushes him out of the lift just before the doors close. Behind the doctor we see flames rippling down the corridor from Clive's sort of setting his hands on fire. So fire is now starting to spread and and there's no help coming. We cut to, this is the end of this movie really, we cut to Tretta as she makes her way through the hospital ring. The screaming is overwhelming. Much more than it could ever be, even been created by the horrors surrounding us. So the, the screaming is now the screams of the hospital as well as the damned and everything. Eventually she confronts the old man in her office as he sits calmly behind her desk. She asks him what he did here, begins firing questions at him, getting increasingly angry, building towards shouting, demanding to know what is going on and who the fuck he is. All the time he sits there and smiles until he, she is finished, like exhausted. Quietly she asks him why are they being punished, they aren't the ones who hurt him. At this he laughs. It is not about who hurt me, it's about who saved me. It is the good intentions that will fuck you every time, you know. And then we end on the entire wing of the hospital burning. As we pan closer to the flames we hear screaming faintly over the sounds of the blaze. The end. Wow. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Beelzebub be saved. Yeah. Welcome to Act 4. Really enjoyed that. Is it that. all right? Was yeah, it... no, it's more than all right. It's really good. I'm quite a visual yeah. person. Yeah. And hopefully people listening to this have no option but to visualise that all in their minds too. And, um... Yeah, sorry. Fuck me, it's bleak. Yeah. I mean, grim. Basically, correct me if I'm wrong, hospital is turning into a sort of hell. It's yeah. sort of hell on earth. It's becoming a yeah. hell reality. Yeah. Yeah. Almost like a sort of 
event horizon in hospital. Yeah, I mean, it definitely, like, I was trying to do, like, what I liked about Hellraiser. Mm. There's definitely a lot of that in there. There's like, definitely a lot of Hellraiser coming through. I like yeah. the fact that like Hell bleeds out because of your actions that you damn not only yourself but your surroundings. The title of the movie, as far as I saw it, was The Devil Lies Bleeding. Yeah. Because he's also lying about bleeding because he's... Very clever. Yeah. Oh, say so clap, myself. Clap, 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 clap. So the audience, in my mind, would know that the old man's a devil just from that. So I'm not sure if that works better as a twist or not or whatever. I I don't know. Yeah, well, I think I I assumed from pretty early on. Yeah. If if not the first few lines. Yeah. That he uh wasn't a sort of normal John Doe. Of course. So yeah. I think I think you can have it either way. I, yeah. don't, I think it, perhaps if it was fully scripted out, yeah. then maybe it would have more of an impact to have yeah. it or not have it. But I think certainly as it stands, it works either way. It doesn't matter whether you know who he is. That's yeah. not really what it's about. You know, I would say that um, it's quite a bleak ending. It is quite dark. Yes. So, like, there's no escape for anybody. So, yeah. And my... not only that, they're being punished specifically for doing good yes. things. Yeah, that is it. That What's is... the message? The message. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if there is. Oh, fucking hell. Oh, yeah. That shot. Oh, blow, blow it off, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sorry. Um... Let's just get to know each other first. Oh, well done, John. Oh. Oh. <laughs> he had an order kind of up to take. a point and you're like fuck uh, off yeah I was done with it then it doesn't necessarily have to have uh, you know, you don't have to try and say something no I mean but I suppose at the same time it, you might have to put something else in the bit that we glossed over yeah. to make it seem a little less nihilistic <laughs> what I envisioned was that the devil he's bored oh, and he just right. wants to damn he's just basically yeah. it's just fun and games to him either you go a bit more over the top so you go more into the sort of hatchet area yeah, almost camps sort of with thing. it or you'd i suppose the so, main or you have to do a lot of implicit violence i suppose in my, my mind it cuts very quickly mm. from bit to bit like a book would i feel like it owes a bit to the void as there's well. a little bit of void in there for yeah. sure yeah um particularly with the whole like nihilism of that and, and stuff, the hospital and, and the hospital and the body horror yes but that yeah. is a absolutely fucking great yeah. well i love it I, yeah i think it's great um, Given that you've gone down the whole Christianity, Catholicism yeah. side of things, ironically, who knew you were going to do that? And yeah. fuck it, we had Father Shane McManus I'm or whatever. slightly worried that, that he had caught what this picture was about. Yeah, and turned up. And then thought, well, these guys are going on a priesthood in this Man, episode. Man, that is honestly spooky. It is. Spooky. It is worrying, to be honest. Look at the whole tracksuit thing you were discussing. <laughs> He's been trying to get in this room for a long time. But I was going to say, you could have some representative of God's camp yeah. turn up, but be completely ineffectual. Yeah. It seems like the saviour has arrived. Yeah. They can't affect anything in the face yeah. of this. Yeah. And, you know, in spite of their best will, God's yeah. abandoned even yeah. that person. Bit of Hellraiser Diabolical. 2 in there, sorry, I just thought there as well. There is actually, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Right, change the setting. It's, it's now a nice corner shop. It's an off license. <laughs> it's an off license. <laughs> Everything's the same. <laughs> but yeah, shit, there is a bit of how it is in there. Well, there you are. Yeah. And so your title was... Um, the Devil Lies Bleeding. Devil Lies Bleeding. And I said... That's all I had in the title. The Devil's title Playground. Yeah. Methuselah's I'm, Mausoleum. Methuselah's Saviour. Surgery of the Damned. That's the Devil terrible. Wears Nada. Um... The ending came very easy in this one, but I do think that it is quite bleak. Just because everyone, everyone dies. Yeah, it's very easy. <laughs> oh, fuck them. <laughs> fuck them all. Nobody you have to contrive any kind of escape nope. or redemption or anything. My point was, was that like, in the face of what the devil's meant to be, what are you going to do? I mean, there's no fucking like, fiddle contests if he's real. Do you know what I mean? If, if you believe that, few of him yeah he ain't making deals about playing music well or anything like that you can't mm. outsmart him yeah yeah he's just fucking a diabolical creature. well even the deals for playing great music none of them outsmarted him yeah, they were all like him. oh yeah you can for your natural yeah. life you can yeah. be amazing at this thing but then your mind for eternity that was yeah. that's always the deal and then i mean obviously it's all made up but he would then treat them their natural yeah. life would end sooner so, that was I mean, that's the kind of mythology maybe he's just gotten bored of those kind of games on that note, those old stories, yeah. you know, about Robert Johnson and yeah. those kind of people. How nice would it be to try and somehow fold that in to yeah. this somehow? Yeah, as if that. this is this is the modern equivalent. You yeah. could even have that come from the lips of Lily. Yeah, you could do that. Yeah, to definitely. A, that'd be really good. 
I think you could have some really great scenes with Lily that yeah. are largely just dialogue based. Yeah, I think yeah, with her, I, don't, I wouldn't want her to get hands dirty. Right, she doesn't need to, right? Yeah. Like, and and I think that's terrifying in itself, especially if you make her. She's kind of like what's that horrible one from Harry Potter? The, the Umbridge. F- Umbridge. Yeah. 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 I think why Umbridge works so well yeah. in many ways is that she's this sort of small, unassuming, kindly-looking woman yeah, yeah. Yeah, who then is just the antithesis yeah, of that. Yeah. And, then... and she's one of the most terrible people in it. Right. She's almost without goal. Just... Yeah, I mean, actually, I mean, look, that's a whole. this is a whole other podcast, yeah, yeah. Uh, Harry Potter and Us, um, <laughs> where we talk about Umbridge. Umbridge we... is, probably is the genuinely the most yeah. evil character. I thought we in... called it Potter's Wheelhouse. <laughs> Potter's <laughs> Wheelhouse. Yeah. I thought that was the name, but I, I can't remember. We changed it so um, often. Potter's Bar? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's us, we have a few drinks, and we talk about Harry Potter. Oh, no, Potter. It, it was Potter's Shed. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> and what are we doing that? <laughs> <laughs> Listen to find out. What about he lies bleeding? He lies bleeding. Oh, I like that. What about if you had he lies bleeding all in caps, but the H of he is lowercase? Yeah. The I reason like. I say that is because he with a capital H is always God in reference to God, yes. right? And yeah. so if you did, yeah, it would be. No, I, like, a, I like that a lot, mate. I think that's the one. All right. Sold. He lies bleeding. Small Sold H. in the room. Every episode we have a new thing that we talk yeah. about, that a new offer on the website. Yeah. And um, so this this month's, or this fortnight rather's website offer is, um, it's actually another publication. Oh, yeah. Magazine, though, it's the, the Podcaster's Podcaster. Okay. So it's basically Podcast Insiders. Nice. You yeah. know, it's like... Um, by Podcasters for Podcasters. Of Podcasters. Yeah. <laughs> so it's of, for, and by Podcast. Yeah. If you like. Yeah, yeah. Um, which actually probably should have been the name, but it's called the Podcasters Podcast. Did I change it now? Or the podcast? Well, you heard what it was called, anyway. So <laughs> just write it down. Keep on your toes, people. <laughs> and um, um, yeah, so it's not six grand. It's no. not six oh, grand. Nice. What is it? Five, Five? grand. Yeah. <laughs> Five God. grand. Oh, <laughs> Podcasters Monthly must be bricking it. <laughs> Well, it's a different what it's called value proposition, isn't it? So yeah. you could there's no reason why they're mutually exclusive. No, that's fair. So that's fair. I personally obviously am ordering both podcasters oh, monthly. I mean you got all that money the podcast making podcast. podcasters monthly. <laughs> I mean the subscriptions are pouring in. Yeah. Pouring in. People... And they do pay well, I've heard. Absolutely. Loads of money. Loads of money in words yeah. these days. The printed <laughs> word is where it's at. I think that might be the future. Printed press is just going from strength to strength. Yeah. Now, as you know, I started rebuilding the orphanage yep. after Christmas time. One of the Christmas yeah, episodes, yeah, yeah. I think, back if anyone wants to listen to it, didn't hear it. Yeah. I ended up gambling, had an orphanage that I looked after, yeah. and I ended up gambling all of it yeah. on the lottery, and I lost, I lost it all. But if you'd won, mate, you'd have been... Of course. Of course. It goes without saying, I'd be an absolute legend. Yeah, those orphans absolute, would have been... I, I would have been an absolute yeah. legend, and that was worth it. Yeah. I mean, it didn't go the orphan's way, but I'm fine. give me a goose. The one as big as me, sir. We're getting... Bo- <laughs> so on and so forth. We're getting bogged down. Yeah. But, well, what I wanted to say is that uh, I'm using a lot of the... Well, hopefully the podcasters, podcaster magazine yeah. money, but also the income from podcasting monthly yeah. to start rebuilding the orphanage. Nice. But, whew, bit of a long story. Yeah. I'm thinking... And I'm not going to make the same mistake again. Of course, that I made yeah. the orphanage. Yeah, yeah. But I'm so I'm shy. so sure exactly. Yep. That print publishing yep. is the future, mate. Yeah. So I'm doing all Safe it. As all the money is going into that. And the ironic thing is, because a lot of them can't read, the fact that they're going to be saved by print is yeah. beautiful. To be honest, beautiful a lot irony. of my decision-making process around the orphans is based yeah. on irony and how much <laughs> irony is in the yeah. inherently in the situation. The ironic philanthropist. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you know. <laughs> So, um, so anyway, yeah, come and get. Do come to let's make and get a copy of the podcasters. You'll podcaster. be healthy orphans. Yeah, we hear from you know J- Jake Rubens. Yeah, Bob Schlurfendal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he obviously invented. Pod- a lot of people don't know yeah. Bob Schlurfendal. Yeah, yeah. That's S C H L U. R-F-A-N-D-A-H-L Yeah Don't interrupt me I'm trying to remember I'm trying to remember how to spell Sharpendale right Yeah It's important People don't know He's like the Tim Berners-Lee of podcasts 
so he's in he's in it he's the, he's oh. the guest editor of the first issue they are nice yeah you managed to snag him snagged him yeah we got elliot skimpf Ooh, skimps on board Skimp. he's you know what he's very hard to peg down on any project these he days. is really he's, hard he's very old he <laughs> somehow somehow he's really on on fucking top of podcasting when it broke <laughs> he was yeah he's really he's, ahead yeah, of the yeah, curve he's podcasting. Yeah. everyone's always said that about him. yeah 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 oh, he's in more of the elon musk podcasting but without the <laughs> you know without all the odd choices yeah let's say, people let's say to avoid litigation He's going to be in one of the issues of the podcast. Oh, Musk. The pod- yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, musky boy. It's because there's a podcast called yeah. Musk's Musk. <laughs> and um, it's nothing to do with us before anyone, no. before you... No, of course. You know. <laughs> you know that. I don't know what I'm telling yeah, yeah. you, but... Well, I mean, we've got muskrats. <laughs> so <laughs> we're not going to have two on the same dock. No, that's true. I think that's pretty much us. I don't think I we think that's covered everything we need to cover, don't we? Obviously, this being our newest venture. Oh, oh, hang on. Have we done Dave's rant about social media again? <laughs> Has that been done? It was last episode's rant. There was that a bit much. There is one... I can't remember exactly what I said, but there's one word I remember hearing. My voice, like, quiver, like I'm like I'm angry. And I was like... That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it didn't come across as angry. the grin on your face was like, you yeah. Cheshire cat. Anyway. Well, look, folks, if you made it this far, again, you, yeah, you're really earning the... Well done. Yeah, you're really well, earning the well brownie done. points. Yeah, look, it's been a pleasure. <laughs> it's been uh, It's been a pleasure, John, and all you listeners. It's been lovely being in your heads for yeah. what could have been up to an hour. Yeah. So, check out the website. Do it's check great. out the website. Let's make a horrormovie.com, obviously, as we say. It's where you mm-hmm. get your all your print media now. Yeah. There is a contributor section, and anyone that does write in or tweet us, that's basically yeah. the criteria about one of our episodes yeah. then i will doodle you a crazy sketch of what i yeah. imagine you look like and i now put it up there yeah it's very good so uh, if that's appealing and i don't know what it generally is that may, yeah, may or may not be an incentive i don't know it could be a disincentive uh, email us at let's make a horror movie at gmail.com for all of your mm-hmm. uh, more longer form feedback for those of you yeah. who want to provide it or for short snappy things like title ideas yeah. and suggestions hit us up on twitter and for any other banter obviously just fair matters yeah we're also on instagram come and look at the pics i yeah. don't know follow us and i'll follow you back i think that's pretty much yeah, us, have it? fun stay safe do stay safe do have fun tell your friends yeah. rate and review listen again bye <laughs> let's make a horror movie everybody <laughs>